At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody. J.J. Cooper, Corey Patton here, another Baseball America Tech and Baseball Draft Podcast, both together. If you enjoyed the two that we did last week for the Draft Podcast, you're really going to enjoy this one today. Today, we are going to look at a lot of the potentially interesting nuggets, the news, the streaks, the stats that I promise you, I can feel confident if I didn't know these, if I couldn't answer these, I promise you that I feel relatively confident that most of you all are not going to know these things either. We're going to pull out a lot of these nuggets that there are in the 2021 draft or what could happen in the 2021 draft. And to do that, I'm joined again today by Pramana CEO, Corey Patton, and we're going to be using the shift tool. And Corey, rather than me try to explain it, I'll let you explain what the shift tool is. Thanks, JJ. Look, uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, this week, we're going to do some really interesting, unusual stuff that happens that might happen in this year's draft and how that has some context and history around it. So how we're going to do that is, is we're using our shift tool that we built at Pramana several years ago. Uh, it is the official stats tool that the NHL uses for all of their historical information uh, when they push it out to broadcasters. So if you hear on the ice a certain stat, that's where it comes from out of this tool. But what we do is we allow users to ask a question of something in a hist history in sports as if you're Googling it, as if you're asking it in free text. And then the answer, all the different parameters, the different pieces that you type into that get put into the correct format and the answer gets instantly returned. So that's the beauty of the shift tool. And on the other side, it's automatically combing through the back end of all the interesting stuff in your database and surfacing stats in prose language that you may not even know to look for or didn't even think about. And that's right now in use at Amazon Alexa. So when you ask questions about hockey, you get them out of our shift tool. Now we're pointing it at Baseball America. And so with our relationship with you, we want users in your side of your team, content creation, uh, people that, during, that are going to handle the draft to be able to know when they happen, things that are unique in the draft process and be able to write stories about things that are really hard to find and comb back through as you're preparing for this year's draft and wrapping up afterwards. So that's what we're trying to give you the power of doing inside Baseball America. And there's a lot of things that this can already do. I can already tell you it's changed my life. And I say that because I spend a lot of time trying to figure out when this has happened, what's the last time that this happened, what's the trend that's happening in the draft with this. And a lot of times that ends up being a lot of going through draft by draft, putting them all in spreadsheets, trying to then sort that together. And I don't have to do that anymore. I, I use shift and it allows me to find things. And in some cases it allows me to find things that We'll cover some of those. That's why I say that there's stuff that I feel confident in saying you do not know. And the reason you don't know it is, is 
before this, some of the stuff you simply could not really find. It was not easy to find in any possible way. And so that's what we're going to do today. There are streaks that I promised that I was blown away by because I never would have imagined. We're going to cover a couple of those streaks. But to kind of start this, to kind of jump into this, Corey, just give us an example of, because you've been kind of having as much fun, I think, <laughs> with the draft, the, the draft database for us as I have in kind of going through this. Just pull me out, you know, one, just give me one to start with. Give everyone a little teaser uh, of what we're going to be talking about. I, I love the draft, not as much as you guys, but uh, probably nobody does as much as Baseball America, but I love the draft. And so I've had my hands on the tool asking questions and something that the tool just in our stat lines feature popped up a while ago that I just didn't even think about was, all right, JJ, uh, what level and what position has been drafted 1-1 the most times in baseball history? I mean, my guess is going to be high school shortstops. High school shortstops are always, if they are elite, are always coveted. And especially when you go back older years of the draft, there, there used to be a predominance, a predilection to draft high school guys at the top. So I'm going to say high school shortstop. Well, and that's this is an easier example because this could be done. You could go back through. It would take you a lot longer, but the tool just pushed up to me a while ago that it's actually college right-handed pitchers. There's been 12 of them in Major League history. Obviously, Casey Mize a couple of years ago. Uh, your choice, there have been nine high school shortstops selected 1-1. Royce Lewis, obviously, in 2017. Uh, one last piece on that. How many college outfielders have ever gone 1-1? Rick Monday, the first player to go one one was a college outfielder but it's not i know it's not been made jd drew did not go one one so it, i'm gonna say three there have been two and darren erstad in 95 was the last one by the angels so all those things are could be found by hand but it's just easy to have it surface to you and pushed in front of your screen so so okay we we kind of feel comfortable in saying this year if you said who's going to go one one there's a decent chance there'll be a high school shortstop, which we now know would be the 10th high school shortstop to go overall number one. There's a chance it could be a college right-hander. We've got Jack Leiter. We've got Kumar Rocker. I'd say Leiter more likely than Rocker. In either of those cases, that would become the 13th college right-hander to be taken 1-1. The only other position right now that I would say even has a possibility, I find it uh, highly unlikely, but... Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville, maybe there's some weird combination where he goes 1-1. Since you've got that up, I'll let you, you know, college catcher going 1-1. I'm guessing yeah. that's also pretty yeah. rare. Uh, three times. So there's okay. been three of them overall. Adley Rushman, obviously, last yeah, time in obviously, 2019. Yeah. But three, three total overall have ever gone 1-1 college catchers. you got to go back to B.J. Surhoff in 85, mm -hmm. and then Danny Goodwin back in 1975. And those are your all-time three. So that's, okay, that's a perfect way to kind of start this off when we look at what is going to happen. Well, what we know right now is this. The likelihood is, is that the number one pick in the 2021 draft will come from the one of the two largest demographics of potential number one picks. We always talk about baseball Americans love talk about for years about how high school right-handers, they don't go one, one. And there's other positions, you know, when we saw Andrew Vaughn going near the top of the draft a couple of years ago, Spencer Torkelson, when he went last year, I know they announced him as a third baseman, first baseman, but when you consider how he played first base all through his college career, how rare it is to see a college first baseman go one, one. This year, we're back into the land of kind of 
of, of more normalcy, I guess I would say, when you say that you're looking at either high school shortstops or college right-handers going 1-1 overall. That leads to something else, though, that we pulled out of this. And again, this is one we're going to go into the more obscure as we go on. This is one that if you wanted to do this by hand, you could. But we also have the possibility of four high school shortstops going in the top 10 picks this year. We have the, the two at the top of our board in Jordan Lawler and Marcelo Meyer, but we also have Khalil Watson. We also have Brady House. So there's a decent chance that we could see four high school shortstops go in the top 10. And again, using the, the tool, we also spit out, okay, how often does that happen? Is that going to set a record? Is that going to be a, an all-timer? And, and the answer is, no, it's going to be a rare occurrence. We talked about how high school shortstops are a very popular demographic. Um, I'm sorry, shortstops. I'm not saying high school shortstops. Shortstops overall are a rare demographic, but you know, are, are a popular demographic. But we last time we had four shortstops, not high school shortstops, but shortstops go in the first round of the draft, top 10 picks, I should say. I'm botching this in a lot of different ways, but top 10 picks of the draft is 2015. And even that one's a little bit iffy because that one does include Cornelius Randolph, who never really played a game of shortstop. He was a high school shortstop. They knew he was probably going to end up moving. And he did. He moved out. He's now he's an outfielder. But it does seem unlikely that we're going to see this year break the record of 1982 because in 1982, Sean Dunstan led the way, but four of the top seven picks were shortstops. I don't think we're going to see four of the top seven. It's possible, but four of the top seven would be really uh, pretty amazing if that happened again this year. But Corey, to kind of tee you up again on this, we talked about, you know, it looks at combinations also. I talked about Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. We have these two Vanderbilt pitchers who are, are likely to go top 10. I would say it's, I would be shocked if they both did not go in the top 10. They both could go in the top five, but how rare is it to see two pitchers from the same team go in the top 10 picks of the draft? It's incredibly rare, JJ. I mean, if Leiter and Rocker go this year in their top 10 picks from Vanderbilt, it's only happened four times in history, and it would actually be the second time it's happened at Vanderbilt because back in 2007, David Price and Casey, we uh, Casey Weathers went together. Uh, you know, the most in 2004, Rice had three pitchers go in the top 10. Uh, Philip Humber, Jeff Neiman, and Wade Townsend, all three went in the top. And then, of course, Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole back in 2011. And then in all you, go, you have to go all the way back to 96 at Clemson for Chris Benson and Billy Cobb. Right. And, and the thing about, uh, as you mentioned with Cole and Bauer, Cole went one overall, Bauer went three. I don't think we're going to break that. We talked, came into the year thinking there was a possibility you could see one, two. We've never seen a one, two from the same school. If we wanted to broaden it a little bit, uh, another thing that Shift was able to pull up for us, if you look at it, there's only been 11 times that teammates, period, not just pitchers, but teammates have gone the top 10 picks. The pretty amazing thing about that is, is, but if this happens, which we expect it to happen this year with, with Leiter and Rocker, if it does, it'll be the third time it's happened for Vanderbilt. Because in addition to the Price-Weathers combo in 2007, you also had Dansby Swanson and Carson Fulmer. So you had shortstop and right-hander go in 2015 in the top 10 picks. So if you're going to see two players go in the top 10 from one school, there's always a pretty good chance it's going to be Vandy. Okay, so that was 
that was one that, you know, I kind of threw to you. I'm going to put you on the spot again and say, okay, just give me something that people don't probably realize. Oh, sure. Um, all right, JJ, when was the last time the Detroit Tigers uh, had a first round pick that did not sign? Oh, Tigers, I don't, I've none come to mind. I'll put it this way. Like if you say Yankees, I would say Garrett Cole. But, uh, you know, if you said Diamondbacks, I would say Matt McClain. You know, I could come up with a number, but there's not a Tiger who comes to mind of them failing to sign their first round pick. Yeah, this is another one that got surfaced in the stat lines feature of the tool that just pushed it to me that the last time the Tigers had a first round pick that did not sign was Rick Koenig in 1966. They kind of have their contracts signed up and done with by the time they select their players, it looks like. Uh, He was a a high school first baseman (laughs) out of Detroit, and he was number 14 pick that year. Yeah, so basically they haven't had it. There's no one still involved with that draft. I, I hope there's still a few people involved in that draft who are still among us, uh, you know, yeah. to be quite, you know, but that's a long, long time ago. Um, I, I to another one that I'll kind of throw out, I'm going to kind of keep it on the, uh, uh, the, the school side. Okay. We talked about, I'm going to keep with the lighter rocker thing here. We talked about how Vanderbilt could have two top 10 picks, but I'm going to broaden it a little bit here. We also feel incredibly confident if Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker do not both go in the first round, I, I, I might not make it to the second round because the, uh, the, the shock may have uh, killed me on that one. So if that happens, that could vault them a little bit. They are not the number one school all time when it comes to which school has the most first round picks, but they're pretty close to it. Stanford leads the way, 24 first round picks. And they've got Brendan Beck this year, pitched really well in the postseason. I don't likely not going to be a first round pick. It's likely that they will stay at 24 after this year. Okay. So Arizona state has 22. We talked about Spencer Torkelson torque. You know, they had, they helped it last year, but they have 22. They are extremely unlikely to have a first round pick this year. So they're going to stay at 22 Florida state's third. They have 19 all time first round picks, Matt Nelson, their catcher, I wouldn't floor me if he got into the back of the first round, but unlikely. So they probably stay at 19. Well, Vandy is fourth right now. They have 18. And like we said, I would be stunned if they don't turn 18 into 20. And if that happens, then Vanderbilt could say that they are now the, they will go from being the fourth most first rounders of all time to the third most, which is a pretty significant stat because the other thing with Vanderbilt is, is that, Arizona State, which has been a great program for a very, very long time. Vanderbilt was not getting first round picks until a much more recent uh, era is when they really started racking up the first round picks. But they are on a furious pace to try to catch the Stanford's and Arizona States of the world. So that's my next stat. I'm throwing it again to you because you're stumping me regularly with these. Well, how many players have been selected all time out of Vanderbilt, just for context? In every round. In every round. Okay, I know the Arizona State is still the champs on this, and they're not just the champs, but they're. It will take a lot of years and a lot of drafts for someone to catch them because I think Arizona Ari- State's nearing four, nearing four hundred. Three ninety-seven so, for Arizona State. Okay, so I'm going to say Vandy's right around two ninety to three hundred. Then would be my guess. One eighty-four. Wow. So, 
Yeah, so they're just they're they got a long way to go to catch up with Arizona that's, State. On that's that fascinating that they are at 184 with 18 first rounders. So that what that also tells you is 10%, basically a slight rounding error there, but almost 10% of Vandy players drafted are first round picks. That's kind of mm-hmm. shocking to me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you, uh, yeah, I'll give you another one. Okay. Uh, what was the last time we since we talked a minute ago about the the one one pick in the high school shortstop and the Pirates have the the one one pick this mm-hmm. year? How many times have they taken a high school shortstop? Or actually, let's go back. Let's just say how many times have they taken a shortstop uh, in consecutive years since they had Nick Gonzalez last year in the first round? How many times have they taken a shortstop in the first round in consecutive years? I mean, I'm going to be stumped by that. The funny thing is, is I want to go to Jeff King in '86. Was he part of a twofer? He was not. They've only done it okay. four times. Uh, they did it uh, 2014 with Cole Tucker and 2015 with Kevin Newman was the last time. And then you can go back to 71 with Craig Reynolds uh, and 72 with Dwayne Peltier uh, where the, where the, it was the first time they did it. So this would make the fifth time if they do select uh, a shortstop with their 1-1 pick this year. Okay, so I've got another stat. We talked about Vander having two first-rounders, two top 10 picks potentially. East Carolina, which East Carolina, really good program, came close. We've talked about it on the podcast, came close to making it to Omaha this year. They're one of the probably, they are one of those programs right now that unfortunately for them holds the title of best programs to not make it to Omaha, ran into Vandy, who made it to the finals in their Super Regional. But this was a shock, pretty shocking stat to me. They have two potential first-round picks. Gavin Williams, their right-hander, who's their ace, and Connor Norby, who was one of the best hitting, uh, you know, one of the most productive seasons in college baseball this year at the plate, their second baseman. It's possible neither of them make the first round. It's possible both of them do. Well, why is that significant? It's significant because if one of them does, it'll double the number of all-time East Carolina first-round picks. Jeff Hoffman, 2014, who was Actually, unfortunately, East Carolina didn't get to enjoy a lot of that season because Hoffman went down with an elbow injury, had to have Tommy John surgery, missed much of that year, but still went in the first round that year. Jeff Hoffman is the only first round pick in East Carolina history. So if one of them does, it'll double it. But the stat that would really be interesting is if Williams and Norby both make it into the first round, then you would be talking about them having twice as many first rounders in 2021 as they have had in the history of the school's program. That's awesome. And and, and let me uh, top on that one with another couple of schools that may have firsts this year. Uh, you know, if Bachman gets drafted, if Sam Bachman gets drafted out of Miami of Ohio, uh, call out to my wife's alma mater there, <laughs> that would be the first time they've ever had a first round pick in their history. And they've only ever had four second round picks. Uh, so, you know, yeah. in their history. He's going to do that too. If Sam Bachman, again, like much like I said with Rocker and Lighter, if Sam Bachman does not go somewhere in the first round, I'll be stunned. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll give you another one. Jordan Wicks, going to go in the okay. first round. I think you feel comfortable about that yes. one. Uh, Kansas State never had a first rounder, ever. And they've only, yeah. ever had, they've only ever had one as go as high as the second round. Jack Woolsey in 69. You got to go back to 69 when the Giants selected him to find their only other second round player. That, that's, that is a great stat. And, and by the way, I, I will say with that, okay, we're actually, before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Baseball America podcast. 
and we're back. Okay. I'll, I'll, you know, Kansas State has had one first rounder. Well, how about this? If Marcelo Meyer goes 1-1 overall this year, then East Lake High in Chula Vista, California will have its second 1-1 pick. So you you just talked about a, a major college program that's looking for its second first rounder. Give East Lake High some credit here because Adrian Gonzalez already, they already have one number one pick thanks to Adrian Gonzalez who went uh, 1-1 overall in 2000 with the Padres. Yeah, Padres, I believe. And then you now could have Marcelo Meyer potentially being the second 1-1 pick from the same high school, which is a, a truly, to me, remarkable stat. That's awesome. And let me tag on to Marcelo Meyer because all this stuff is just right here in front of me on my on my on this tool that's put, surfacing to me. So if Meyer goes in the first round, and I'm sure he will, he's going to go first, yes. probably first yes. overall. That'll make 16 consecutive years that a California high school player has been drafted in the first round. And if you go all the way back to 1965's draft, there's only been three years since then that there hasn't been a California high school player drafted in the first round. That does not stun me considering how many players come out of, but it, it does stun me that there were three where they didn't. I will say this. That's like a... Yeah, we 84, 87, and 2005 were the only years since 1965 that it, we didn't have a California high school player in the first round. I, I'm shocked. I, I, I still remember covering the 2005 draft, you know, being at BA back then. And I am shocked that we didn't... I know we t- talked about it was a down year, but I don't think we realized how down that was. Okay, I, I'm going to go in a different direction because this is something that I, when I say this is one of those where I would never be able to figure this out, I think in any easy way without this, which is, so let's talk about height. So Sal Frelick's five foot nine. It is not often that you see a five foot nine or shorter player taken in the first round. In fact, all time history of the draft, 18 players, five foot nine or shorter who have been taken in the first round. Okay. Now let's, let's kind of refine that a little bit. Well, what about outfielders? Well, five foot nine outfielders, even as you would expect, even more rare five, he would be the fifth five foot nine or shorter outfielder to be taken in the first round. The thing that jumps out to me about this, and it doesn't actually surprise me if you think about it, I think the argument can be made if you are a five, if you are a short outfielder, that size outfielder, you have to be really good to be considered as a first round pick. There's going to be, especially in past years, I think it's changed a little bit now, but if you go back to the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, there was definitely, I would say, a strong predilection against taking what was viewed as an undersized outfielder. So the previous four, we have Elliot Ramos, who's getting ready to go to the Futures game for the third time. Giants prospect will be in the big leagues before too long, but we can say we don't know what his big league career will be. But the other three, we have Odomi McDowell, who had a solid career. We have Ben Revere, who also had a solid big league career. And we have Lonnie Smith, who had, I would say, goes beyond solid to uh, a pretty outstanding, a very lengthy, productive uh, MLB career. So the thing that stands out to me about this is, is if you just scan through and I'll kind of kick it to you, Corey, because I think you have up there the list of all 18. But the thing that stands out to me is, is there are a lot of hits. If you said shortest players taken in the first round, there are a lot of hits there. But I, 
when you just look at it, not just outfielders, not just you know position players, even pitchers, outfielders, wh- wherever they play. If you're five foot nine or shorter and you go in the first round, pretty good chance that you're going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to get you as well. So Thomas Farr, he's going to be drafted. There's almost yep. no doubt. Okay, yep. out of South Carolina. How many consecutive years has at least one South Carolina Gamecock pitcher been selected in the Major League Baseball draft? Okay, so that is very precise. South Carolina yes, it pitcher. Is. Not, yes, it is. We're not saying one player from the school. We're saying a pitcher from the school. Anything over 10 would be remarkable because, again, I, I – I may put you on the spot because this is something you do with shift. Once you're done with that, I want you to run this and just change it from South Carolina to Vanderbilt. So I would love to know what Vanderbilt streak is because I think of Vandy as a school that produces a pitch every year, but okay. I'm going to say anything over 10 is remarkable. 24 consecutive years that South Carolina has produced a pitcher to have been drafted in the major league draft. That's remarkable. 24. So basically consecutive years. We have to go back to the 20th century to find the last time <laughs> that South Carolina hasn't had a pitcher taken in the draft. That's, I mean, that is to me, when I say, if there is anyone who is not, who's listening to this, who is not the recruiting coordinator at South Carolina and knew that stat, or I, could, I, would, I should add, or maybe a pitcher being recruited by South Carolina and heard that stat because if I was South Carolina, I would be using that stat at every, you know, in every recruiting visit that I ever did. By the way, we have guys drafted literally every year, but 24 is remarkable. 1997 was the last year without a South Carolina pitcher being selected in the major league draft. That's incredible. That is incredible. That is, you know, yeah, I, I could not uh, fathom that it would be. I, I would not fathom that there would be a streak like that. And again, now I'm going to spend a good bit of my night going through consecutive streaks for like for basically a ton of schools to see. Because again, all you have to have is that one year, not there, you don't even have good pitching, that one year where, you know, our best pitchers are sophomores this year. <laughs> Just that would be enough to do so. Yeah. But. That's Absolutely. fascinating. That is fascinating. Is it uh, three, two, one? Okay, because this is what we can do with the tools. So now I'm just going to put you on the spot. I, I think Vandy's going to have a streak. I don't know if it's going to be 24 years, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty close. So how long has Vandy gone since it, Vandy last, Vanderbilt last had a, did not have a pitcher drafted in a yeah. MLB draft? Uh, I just asked the tool. It says 2002 was the last year they did not have a pitcher drafted in the major league draft. So that's quite the streak that's, itself. That's the streak, but that's got nothing on South Carolina. So I'll <laughs> credit, credit to the Gamecocks there. You know, this is, we, we could keep doing this. We, we, I, well, we will keep doing this for hours. We just will take it off of the podcast because this is something that Corey and I have both been doing and pulling out a lot of these nuggets. I'm going to spend time on streaks for schools now for quite a while i want to see arizona state i want to see we're gonna i'm gonna have some some real fun with that but for more of that if you go to baseballamerica.com we're gonna pull out a lot of these nuggets before the draft and if you check out the feed at baseball america at my twitter feed jjcoop36 
you know, we will have a steady stream of these going during the draft as well. So there's going to be a lot of the nuggets that we pull out during the draft. But also, if you have an obscure question, and I mean, when I say obscure, you know, kind of go nuts with this along these lines. You know, if you say, how long has it been a streak for my school, whatever school it is, just send it up to me. JJCoop36 on Twitter. We'll try to answer some of those, do kind of a mailbag of these uh, over the next week, too, as we get ready for the draft. You know, we're not that far away now. The draft is we are now on draft week. So for Corey Patton, I'm JJ Cooper. Thank you for the download. If you get a chance, feel free to review us. We appreciate it at whatever your favorite podcast uh, service, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever it is. We always do appreciate that. Thank you very much for the download. This is JJ and Corey. So long, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.